I need. I have everything I need. Mm, from the mountain to the sea, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. Mm, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. I have everything I need. From the mountain to the sea, all of this is within me. I have everything I need. 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 From the mountain to the sea, everything I need. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not sure how long I can hang around, but happy to be here for a bit. Hey, I appreciate that. We're ju I'm just kind of getting some, getting this room open and getting people invited in. And I appreciate you coming to join us. Of course. Happy to be here. I'll ping a few folks also and share it into the hallway. Thanks a lot. We appreciate that. You bet. <clears throat> Okay, a few more people will start joining. I was going to say, um, yeah, Angie, I had gone off and I had to have some some major surgery and I was gone for about seven, eight weeks. And that's why I disappeared and you hadn't seen me for a while. But now I'm back in the saddle and doing good. Awesome. Well, glad you're back. Yes. And I, and I always enjoy your room as well. So very much. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate seeing you in the audience. So I thought I could uh, return the favor and be here for a little bit with you. I appreciate it. Morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing today? Really good. Good to hear. Hey, Mako. Hey, Courtney. Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> Hi, Tamson. Good morning. Morning. I like the, the music. Tamara's been adding music to the start of our, our sessions, and it gets us in our nice vibe here. Glad you enjoyed it. It's some new stuff I heard recently, and I thought I'd start us off with that. Get a few people in here. Okay. Um, well, I I just wanted to get a chance to invite a few. And if anyone has anyone they want to invite, the way to do that is down at the bottom. There's a little box with an arrow, and you can go in there and you can invite folks that you think might actually enjoy being here in this room today. And so, welcome everybody to the Learning to Lead uh, Clubhouse. And uh, I'm Tamara White, and I'm here with Kelly White, and we're the hosts of this room. We meet every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 Pacific Standard Time, and we created this forum as a place that we can talk about all things leadership, the challenges, the achievements, and everything in between. And we often have leaders from all levels and all industries that bring a broad diversity of leadership experience and perspectives, which is what we're really all seeking out. So whether you're an entry-level leader 
or you're an executive, seasoned executive or learning your way any, anywhere in between. We're all here to share our experiences and learn from each other. Um, I really appreciate everyone taking time out of their Saturday. You could be doing lots of other things, but you're making that investment in yourself and you're making that investment in others today as you join us in our discussion. We have a great discussion today, um, continuing our series, which Kelly will go through, but just a couple little housekeeping pieces. Uh, we just we are an official clubhouse. If you'll follow us, um, you can do that at the top and also, <clears throat> excuse me, Share the room at the, share the room with others down the bot that same box I talked about earlier. You can actually just share the room and invite others into this great discussion. And we welcome everybody who's on the stage and those in the listening lounge. And we invite you to join the stage if you aren't there already, because we value your input. We everyone learns from each other here. You can communicate with us through DM or with the chat feature here in the clubhouse. And we invite you not to uh, to uh, tap into our Stackhouse website as well as linkedin where we will um, place our recaps and we also have replays of any sessions so if you miss one you can hear the recording and hear the discussion um, at a later date when you when you um, have some time so we have a great topic today and before we get going here just uh again um think about uh, you know to think about things that you're hearing the conversation and openly share your insights kelly i turn it over to you all right thank you for the intro and um the i i will give a, a quick reminder as tamra hit on we do share um recaps of the events uh on our website best place to find it slightly on on linkedin if you follow us or, or connect on LinkedIn, we'll, we'll always share it there. Um, we also do uh, offer a replay. Clubhouse has been offering replays as well. So if you miss any past conversations, you can actually listen to the discussion while you're out and about. I know that's kind of one of my things I love to do is listening to kind of podcasts and, and different audio events that are going on. So that's one of the things that usually comes out the day after. So it's usually on Sundays, we'll, we'll share out a, a recap, some resources, as well as the actual replay. I say that also because often, you know, when we're discussing this, we're doing recaps and we're talking about, you know, these different setups at the beginning uh, of the conversation. We always are thinking a little bit about, you know, those that might be listening on a replay or might be looking at a, um, a recap. And so even just for folks that you find that think that might enjoy this, you know, being able to share it afterwards, but be thinking about as well, you know, how your insights might spread, not only within the discussion that's happening live here, but um, in the kind of weeks to come as folks discover and kind of uh, look at this content offline. So with that, you know, we're going to be talking again, as, as Tamara said, we have a, a series that we are, are coming close to concluding that really is this concept of the seeds of success and what does it mean to plant the seeds of success for yourself and really what it takes to nurture that success. Because I think one of the common, common focuses for this group specifically in this room and why we started this was understanding that you know, leadership is really about a journey and it's about a journey of learning and growth and discovery that kind of is continuous throughout your life. It's not a one-time exercise that we figure all the answers out and we go and we're done. And really it does take thoughtful, you know, time and practice and focus. And like growing a garden, it does take nurturing uh, those seeds and what, what our goals may be and how those change over time. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that specifically today, which is kind of one of the key practices of developing relationships. But for, for the folks that have joined us before, one of the things that I, I really am a big believer in, and, and will come up actually in this series likely next weekend, the idea of reflection and the idea of pausing for a moment 
and checking in with ourselves and seeing how things are going. And many of us talk in here about the power of our journaling practice, and that can be as in-depth or as just capturing a word, but making sure that we're, we're taking the time to reflect on how things are going and then taking the time to maybe look back further and see you know, what we uncover, what trends we uncover about ourselves and about how we've responded to situations. And when things feel really big and challenging, how do they look when you fast forward months, you know, years and look back on that situation? So a way that we do a snapshot of that in here is we do a word of the week. Um, so just looking back on your week, what was one word that wraps up how your week went? And hopefully you're taking the practice of even just thinking about writing this down as you go through this and you can do this on a daily basis, but at minimum, a weekly basis is a great way to look back, reflect, and and really see how things went for you. And that can be through your personal life, through your work life, whatever lens is is kind of impactful or comes up to mind with this question. So I'm going to roundtable. If anyone wants to pass, feel free. But I'll start with Angie, if you'd like to share your word of the week. Thanks, Kelly. I would say validating. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think we, when we go in and kind of look back on our week, it's always great to see when we have, you know, words like validating coming up. And again, those, what I always tend to think of in, in reflection is peaks and valleys that always happen and kind of what those little moments were. Mako. Uh, I think this week was a pendulum for me. Lots of highs, lots of lows, you know, pretty heavy beginning of the week with everything going on in Texas. Uh, but uh, a lot of highs as uh, I ended out the week. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a wacky week. Absolutely. I think we can all can relate that it was, again, unfortunately, but I think a fantastic way of, of, of hitting on it from a, a pendulum. It's again, those ups and downs. And it was a very heavy week in the world in, in many, many ways. And I'll give a shout out. Um, I really enjoyed your newsletter this week. So Mako does a newsletter called Makoism. Um, and I thought it was a, a really great, great addition that you had this week. So I'll give you a shout out there. Courtney. Well, good morning. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate my it. pleasure. It's great. Um, Courtney. Yeah. Um, mine is connections and it's kind of very related to this topic. Um, just the value of maintaining existing and adding new connections. Fantastic. That's always, yeah, again, and I think another, another always powerful reminder as we think about, again, those moments. And that's actually very, very relevant to what we'll be talking about today, I'm sure, as well. Tamsin. My word is excitement. I finished out my first two weeks in my new role, and I am so excited to leverage what I've learned here and what I continue to learn here. And my youngest daughter had a callback with a casting director for a major motion picture. So that's pretty freaking cool too. Wow. Like congratulations on multiple levels. Fantastic. The, the new, the new role going well and getting your, getting grounded in there. And then, you know, best of luck to your daughter. That's super, super exciting. Chad, good morning. Good morning. I'm going to say exhaustion. The, uh, it's one thing that I think that, that I could say, like, oh, it was a week with a lot of challenges, and I could give it that spin. It was a week that I just don't want to revisit for a very long time. But, you know what? Similar to Tamsin, I now I think that was week number six in the new role, and I think it was probably the worst of all of the, the times that we're going to have going forward. So, there you go. Well, again, another another great reminder that you know, often we go into new roles and there's a lot that we talk in here about, 
establishing teams and moving into different roles and meeting people. And again, very much all tying to today as we talk about developing relationships, especially moving into new roles. Um, you know, and there's going to be good weeks, there's going to be bad weeks. And again, it's, it's really not about having no bad weeks. It's about how we respond to those challenging, heavy weeks. And what do we learn about ourselves and others when we go through those situations? Michelle, did you want to share your word of the week? Sure. Um, I think for me, it was consistency. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, um, I have started a running practice in the last two weeks that I have not done in over 10 years. And uh, since then, I've gained 20 pounds and I have a broken ankle. So my body is not exactly doing what I want it to do or what I remember it to do when I used to run. So um, I am just trying to uh, remain present in that moment. And, and also, I think just with um, the work that I've been doing in, in my business is just, you know, being consistent. And I know that when I can do that, I can set habits and things will start to feel better. And uh, I'll, I'll just start, you know, training myself to do these things. So, so that's where I've been this week. Thank you for sharing that. I think there's, there's a lot of powerful um, analogies and lessons in what you just described, which is, I think, you know, being present not only with the changes that we're we're experiencing physically and as we change physically, but um, there's a lot of uh, lessons that we talk about in here as far as how we grow as individuals. And, you know, we change. And sometimes the things that we used to be able to do in specific ways or needed to do in specific ways have to change along with us, both potentially in how physically we need to be kind to our bodies and embrace where we are in a moment, as well as, again, where we might be in a, a mental or emotional state or, in, again, in an individual state. So thank you for sharing that. Tamara. I had a little trouble with the mute button there. Sorry about that. I would say that my word of the week this week was uh, was challenges, and it really is too. It's really navigating challenges. Um, you know, as we as we've been talking over the past several weeks about you know awareness and identifying what we value and you know how we connect with people and all this all this rich discussion, I found myself like literally looking in the mirror as I was going through some of these really unique challenges this week. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, pressure. We have a, there's, we're, our company's under acquisition right now, you know, so there's a lot of shifting in, in pressure points and performance points and metrics and meeting all these different demands. And so everyone's having these very, very strong reactions. And so, you know, I ha I found myself having to really reflect and tune in and really understand, you know, that, that the way people are responding to me is because of, of they're getting a pressure point. And, it, it causes me to think, it caused me in the moment to think about how am I going to show up and how am I going to react to this situation? And um, so it, all of the, all of the content and all the discussions we've had have, have, were so relevant in the moment this week. It was certainly very challenging, similar to what was shared earlier, um, uh, Chad, some of your challenges that you've faced, but in a different way. But certainly um, it, it caused me to, to take that moment, to take a step back and to ground myself and to think about how I want to show up as a leader. And um, it's certainly not pleasant, but it, I, I, at least I got into that, into that space and into that mindset. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's again, great, great to hear as far as again, it's, you know, we're always going to have challenges. It's not again, that we don't ever have challenges. Again, it's really about learning um, how to navigate with with new tools, new perspectives, so that we can navigate those challenges differently. Um, I'll round it out with saying that my word of the week, I would say is probably um, empathy. I think, you know, there was a lot going on in, in my work, like many of us, you know, navigating that, but you know, of course, with the with the heavy news this week, um, you know, a part of what I do is very, very involved in the in the news business. And so it's very top of mind, not only based on how we're serving information for the community, but it was a really important reminder for my team of of being present and sh- and sharing, you know, what was going on with them and holding a safe space for them to express how they were feeling. Um, and I think it's one of those things that we talk about quite frequently in this group, but the importance of of acknowledging that we're all humans and we can go to work one day, but when something's really terrible is happening in the world, um, we have to acknowledge that we're humans and we're impacted by it. So not to ignore it, um, but to create a place where we acknowledge it and that we let people know that they're supported in processing and and dealing with the news in whatever way they need to. So it was a good reminder. And I have a couple of leaders on my team that are, are really, really good at this and always are great reminders of holding a safe space, asking the questions, checking in, checking in with people, and just even giving that reminder that we are here for each other, uh, first and foremost, as humans, um, and we're here to support each other, and we'll we'll get through the work, but we also have to remember that connection that is really important, especially when really terrible things happen. That's when it's, that's when sometimes it's the hardest times to do it because it's uncomfortable, because we don't have a solution to fix it, but it's really important that we we kind of uh, hold that space and create that safe space, both as leaders, but also, you know, as as individuals that are connecting and working together all the time. So definitely um, a week of empathy. So I hate uh, you know transitioning from topics like that because it's it's an area that I think we could spend the entire time you know talking about what's going on in the world and then holding space together for that. But I do want to shift into our conversation today. Um, as Tamara mentioned, we only talk for um, an hour. We bring you all together for an hour, knowing it's the weekend. Appreciate the time you're spending with us. So we have about 45 minutes for for this topic. And you know what we've been doing is really, as I mentioned before talking about this, this seeds of success and, and what it means to invest in your own success and your journey. What does it take? What does it take for you to plant a seed of a goal or a dream and really, really invest in it and nurture it and take care of it? And we've really been attaching this to the idea of, you know, where this ends up going is a lot of the concepts that align with the concept of value-based leadership. And so we really look at that. What that means is really the idea that everything you are doing from a, def- a definition of success, right? Those planting those seeds of success first and foremost starts with understanding, you know, what you value, what's really important to you, so that you are actually moving towards the direction of a life that really is going to be meaningful for you. And that again can be personal goals, it can be professional goals, um, and any other. So as we think about this concept of of really grounding a value based life and leadership into kind of what you're doing, we really have gone through these five practices. And as we've been going through the conversation, I always include, um, you know, the recaps and the links to resources for the past uh, sessions that we've had. But we started with a building of awareness, you know, really starting to dig into that examining values and style and beliefs, really understanding our strengths and weaknesses and seeking feedback to better understand who we are and what really matters to us and how we are perceived both by ourselves and others. We then went into realizing potential, which is really about taking it deeper into understanding and discovering purpose. What does it mean to actually develop the best version of yourself? And what are the ideal environments that support that growth for yourself? 
Today, we're going to be digging into developing relationships at the core about understanding others' values, understanding their styles and beliefs, this idea of empathizing and really um, stretching our empathy as a leader to understand and support where others are and their own success. As we wrap up the session next week, we're really going to be looking at rolling together the concept of how do you take action around these concepts, apply these practices, look at self-reflection and practice reflection for yourself, and really think about what this journey looks like going forward. But today, we're going to be going into developing relationships and talk about what this really means and how you can think about some of the ways that you develop relationships today and maybe expand um, and add a couple of different tools to, to your perspective. But before we do that, uh, Tamara found a great um, uh, audio clip to play for, during the, the research that she did for a lot of the concept we're going to be sharing today. So I wanted to pause and let her go ahead and share that audio and we'll then jump into the conversation. And it's only, I think, about a minute to a minute and a half. Tamara, you're still on mute if you're playing something. Leadership is influenced, nothing more, nothing less. That being true, when people come to me and they say, John, how can I increase my influence with others? I share with them, relate well to them. You see, people won't really go along with you if they can't get along with you. And what I have found is that relationships are the foundation for leadership. And when I relate well with you, I influence you. And when I influence you, what I say, what I do has an impact upon your life. So when people say, well, John, I want to be a, I want to be a good leader. Where do I start? I always say, start with relationships. When you can connect with people on a one-on-one -on -one level, then you began to be able to have influence and lead them. Here's what I know about relationships. The best leaders love the people that they lead. In fact, I often tell leaders, if you don't love your people, stop leading your people because then you'll take advantage of them. So the next time you think about relationships, just understand that that's the foundation of you becoming a better leader. Thanks for being with us today on Minute with Maxwell. Thank you for sharing that, Tamara. What I what I loved about that clip, and, and that's a great resource, and again, we'll we'll include a link to that if you want to, you know, follow follow John um, on his in, in his content. You know, I think there's a, again a really powerful concept there, which is at the core. You know, really, it's it's about as leaders, we have to relate to each other, and and I have heard that. I'm sure many leaders have. I have heard people come to me and say, you know, they want to have impact or they want to have influence and they think by attaining a specific title all of a sudden all of that impact and influence will just happen and it will just be there but at the core whatever you attain any level of title or any level of influence that you are um you know for managing a team it really comes down to really first relating to and understanding and caring about your team and i know quite frequently that I've said this many times to my team and I, I feel you know very fortunate that you know one of the number one you know differentiators when I talk about the you know where I work and the work that I do, it's the people. And the people is a huge differentiator for you know why I stay in specific roles or in specific companies to make sure that I'm I'm really caring about the people that are around me because people matter. And we've talked a lot about you know empathy as a as a leadership principle in past conversations. And I think that's where it becomes really critical here. So as we go into this conversation, you know, definitely be thinking about, you know, 
what it means to develop effective relationships for you as a leader. I'll definitely be opening it to the floor to hear what you have found that has been successful. But as we go in, you know, the number one piece that we're going to be spending a lot of time on, of course, will be trust. And the idea that to build effective relationships, we have to establish trust. And that really means that we have to think about honesty, integrity, and follow through and what those mean to us and how we are demonstrating that. But that's really going to be one of the key principles as we talk about today. And it's the foundational piece of thinking about effective relationships. And, you know, I love this, you know, again, you know, Tamara does some great research for the content today that I found so compelling, which is, you know, to think about the fact that, you know, trust can take you know, um, a, a lifetime to really build and establish, you know, over time and going through experiences. And that could be, again, you know, projects, challenging projects and overcoming great things or just our life experiences, but it can be lost in a second. So it really matters how we interact with each other and the choices that we make, how we influence each other and what that means on their behavior. And I love this quote, which is from Henry Ward Beecher, which is, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard than anyone expects of you. And I think as you, if you step back and think about trust and what that means, you know, that means us, you know, means a lot about us holding ourselves to a high standard and ensure the way that we are showing up um, is authentic. It's honest, but it's also grounded in this idea of, again, of how we, how we're showing up and trusting each other. We're going to spend a lot of time on that. And I think you're going to, you know, start with trust because that's going to be a common thread here. But today we're really going to go through these three uh, behaviors for how you can develop relationships. One, understanding our values, styles, and beliefs. Two, empathizing with others. And three, supporting the success of others. So as we go through this, again, I will open to the floor. Would love to hear your thoughts on each one of these areas as we go through it, what's been successful for you. But if I start with understanding others' values, styles, and beliefs, you know, as we think about, um, and I talk about it frequently, it's a concept that is used quite frequently by leaders that I work with, the idea of emotional intelligence, um, sometimes referred to as EQ. The idea of really having a self and social awareness, picking up on cues, observing behaviors, being able to talk with others and understand what's going on beyond what they are saying, how they are feeling and how they are interacting with others. And this is something that is one of those, I think, really hard uh, skills to teach others, but it is one of the biggest reasons that I see folks held back in their leadership journey is not really being able to embrace or express a strong EQ. And this is something that, again, can be very ambiguous and nebulous, and nebulous and hard to pinpoint when you start to work with your teams. But it's really important that we understand and talk about what this means and how to start to to think about teaching those around us, but also even just reflecting on ourselves. So I love this metaphor. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the metaphor that we have here, which is imagine that you have an empathy antenna. So there's an antenna inside and it's picking up on signals from others. So some people have an antenna that is turned way up and it's picking up on everything, especially all the negative stuff, all of the, the bickering and the complaining and the jumping to conclusions and everything is terrible. And that's what it's tuned into, right? Then for others, it might be turned way down and they might not even be noticing the very basic social cues that might be happening. And, you know, if we think about this, you know, this is one of those, those examples that probably many of us have seen, right? Which is maybe you uh, walk into a, a meeting and you can actually pick up on what's going on in the room pretty quickly. You can understand 
my body language, how people are feeling. Is the conversation going well? Is the conversation challenged? Are there people who are engaged and people who are disconnected? And what are all of the cues that are coming up in those, in those situations? And really, when we think about it, it's ultimately about these cues, but it's really about us being curious to pay attention because often that's one of the things that becomes the most challenging is if you just tune out and you're not paying attention and you're not curious about understanding what's happening with the other individuals around you, then you miss all of these cues. And it's really about, again, this idea that if we want to build trust, we have to really make sure that we're, we're tuning in and we're paying attention and we're really curious with how people are feeling and how they are responding to a situation. The other piece that I would add here is that it's really also about making sure that we we don't we have to know that we can't jump to conclusions as well because often we may be able to observe how someone is feeling but it's really challenging and more challenging and more often than not we may be incorrect if we assume why they are feeling that way and so that's really what we have to pay attention to is being curious not only from an observation perspective but then also curious to the point of how do you then seek to understand why they are feeling the way that they are? Before I go into some of the areas of how we can explore curiosity to understand why someone might be feeling the way that they are or responding, I do want to pause. I would love to open it to the room. You know, anyone's ideas or thoughts or experience with this idea of, you know, emotional intelligence, reading the room, um, where you've seen it be successful for yourself or where you've seen it hold back others. So I'll pause there, any kind of immediate thoughts that anyone wants to share around anything we've shared so far or around this concept of, of EQ. Um, I'll go if that's okay, Kelly. Yes, please. Yeah, I, I mean, I love, uh, there's just so much that you said. I'm like, ah, this is awesome. Um, so speaking so much into my language, my experience. Um, so I'm a mental fitness coach uh, trained in positive intelligence. And, uh, you know, we definitely see that those that focus on their mental fitness and improve their, their positive intelligence quotient, PQ, um, the emotional intelligence uh, comes along uh, for the ride. Absolutely. And, um, and I love that analogy. I, I hadn't heard it before of the antenna, but it completely resonates with me in terms of, you know, I think about, um, you know, what, what comes to mind for me is that we all have that. It's just not up as high for some as it is for others. And um, recognizing that and acknowledging that, you know, I, I certainly have that feeling, you know, you can walk into particularly a physical room versus a virtual room and you can pick up on those signals of, of what's, what's going on, what the energy is like, and then how we can help improve it. And I said in the comments that curiosity is, is a, a really uh, important word. It's my word for 2022. And, and again, in the mental fitness coaching work that we do, um, we call that one of our sage powers. The sage is the essence of who we really are when we can move aside some of those negative voices and negative influences that are blocking our sage. Um, and curiosity is one of the, the main sage powers. And that's being able to, uh, as you described, listen um, without agenda, listen with that true curiosity of what might I be missing here? What don't I know? Um, this is my experience, but I recognize that yours might be different. We can look at the same, have the same um, event happen and, and, and have a completely different response to it. And having that openness and curiosity 
really connects with people. When people feel listened to and heard, um, you really, as you talked at the top, the, the connection that you can make with people uh, is, is, you know, you, you can disagree with them and still make a connection because you've listened to them and you've heard what they've said, and then you can work together to come to a common ground. So I'll, I'll stop there and, and yield the mic, but thank you so much for, uh, for the room. I'm done speaking. Thank you. You said so much, so much great, um, great thoughts and insights there. So thank you for sharing because I, I, I agree with you. There's a, there's a lot there. And I think even if we, even if we just talk about going into, um, you know, a physical room uh, or a virtual room and, and, and paying attention to the room, it's quite frequently, and especially as leaders, and as we think about this concept of curiosity, you know, it's very easy and, and it's very much human nature that we we think of ourselves and we're thinking about how we are showing up and how we look and what others are thinking of us. As leaders, it's really important that we start to shift our perspective to the rest of the room and how are they feeling and why and seeking our curiosity more to an understanding of others um, outside of ourselves. And I think it's, a, it's an important balance to go between because we are we are going to seek our own success and growth. And that's very natural. And that's an important part of growth, and especially for success. But as we start to think about developing relationships, we have to balance between shifting that perspective to others and focusing on, on how they may be feeling. And I think, you know, you hit on this, you know, really well too, Angie, which is the point that it's not always going to just be about, you know, everything being perfect and everybody getting along all the time, but always, always agreeing. And we're going to hit on that again. This isn't just about always agreeing with someone, but it's about seeking to understand. And so, as we kind of move move further into this, you know, and and I love this quote as we stay with a little bit on the on the curiosity piece from um, Thomas Epperson, which is caring requires curiosity, and curiosity requires caring. So it's back and forth, and I I love curiosity, and it's definitely a big theme in my life and my career that I always you know lead very much by curiosity, both my own growth and and what I seek and what I try to move past fear and and what might hold us back. But again, I think curiosity is the core of understanding others and caring about them. So as we think about now, how do you really move to this place of understanding? It's great to think about, you know, some of the things that we can do to engage others and really to understand, you know, how we are going to better unpack their the, the why, right? The why they feel this way, why they are reacting in a specific way. And so when we think about asking questions, um, this is where we can all actually also, again, take a lot of things we talked about before, really making sure that we're asking questions to gain information, to, to discover what's going on, to align our actions, to assess, and to really understand in order to then move forward. And it's really important that we, we again, ask questions that are open-ended, that give us the ability to understand um, instead of waiting to find a solution or fix a problem. That's another area that we have to be very cautious of as leaders. And sometimes it's just about understanding, you know, the personality of someone or, you know, why, how and why they like to make decisions. Are they logic and fact-based or are they more emotionally driven? And we, there's a lot of things like strength finders, right? People all operate in different ways. And so how do we seek to understand that? Are they focused on the future or the past or the present? Like, where are they in their mindset? And, and some of the questions that we can answer or ask folks that, that I think is great is really start to ask questions like, what energizes you? What upsets you? And how do you like others to communicate with you? How do you like to solve problems? I think there's also questions that we've talked about in past one-on-one structures of, you know, how do you, um, do you have what you need to be successful? 
You know, what is it that you need from me as your leader to better support you in your in your your goals? And I think this is great. You know, as we thought about, you know, the the research here is when you ask these kind of questions, pay really close attention, not only to being present and hearing the answers that are coming from the individual that you're interacting with, but as a reflection after that interaction, pay attention, ask yourself some of these questions. Did you listen to those answers without judgment? How long were you able to listen without feeling the urge to interrupt? How did you handle distractions? Phones, people pinging you, messages coming through, sounds around you. How did you, how long did it take before you maybe zoned out? Did you zone out? How long before you felt that you needed to disagree with something that someone was saying to you? And how long before you felt the need to offer a solution or fix the problem? I'm definitely very guilty of the last one. I always like to fix things and it's very hard for me to make sure that I'm containing that and I'm being present and listening because it's not always about finding a solution. Sometimes it's just about listening and being present. And I, I think there's a great, you know, kind of um, story in here that, that, you know, Tamara had kind of included as far as really thinking about, and I'll, I'll actually hit on, I think it's, a, it's the next section that we'll hit on and empathizing with others about when we try to fix things or when we try to check out or when we're trying to, to interject, again, it's becoming more about ourselves than it is becoming about that others, the other people. And another great quote from, from Arnold Donald, uh, CEO of Carnival Cruises, said, I had to learn to ask questions in a way where I showed that I understood psychologically what's driving the other person. There's a deeper way of learning how to ask questions. And this is one of the most important things that we can learn as leaders. Again, from grounded in curiosity, a seeking to understand, not to fix or always solve. And we know that when teams are safe, when teams are heard, when they are understood, they are performing, they will perform higher. So I'm gonna move us along to empathizing with others. And I will open the floor again. So I'll give everyone a reminder here that if, again, if there's, there's things that stand out across any of the discussion, always welcome the insights. But I will, I will ask you what you think about the concept of empathizing with others and how you've approached this as a leader um, and where maybe it's been challenging before as well, because this can start to get challenging as we think about a leader and how to walk this line of really connecting with individuals when we're trying to maybe perform a job or get a project done, but really also trying to take the time to understand individuals around us. So as we talk about empathy, you know, what first is empathy? What does this actually mean? And it's very connected as we talk about, you know, the previous concept and when we were talking about, you know, understanding others is, you know, empathy is that is that key point to helping us unlock and understand why people feel the way that they do. And it does not mean you have to agree with them, but it's about an understanding or seeing where they are and truly understanding where they are. It's about being curious as we talked about how they feel and understanding why they feel that way without judgment, again, even if we disagree. And this is where it gets challenging. These were very, very emotionally you know, driven conversations we're talking about here sometimes. Validating how they feel and reflecting it back. And again, it may not be that we agree, but we can reflect it back to acknowledge that we have heard and understood how that person is feeling. And the ability, honestly, to see the other perspective and gain insights. And again, this is really at the core about a curiosity to understand. So another, another example, as I, as I mentioned before, I, I love this example, which is empathy in action. 
So imagine that um, your significant other um, or someone in your life has had a terrible day at work. They had an argument with a coworker and they got chewed out by their boss and they arrive home and they're really tired and they're worn out and they're angry, maybe a little embarrassed. And they tell you the story. Now you can respond by freaking out that they are going to lose their job because they had a really bad day and maybe they didn't handle things the right way. You can keep looking at your phone while they're telling you a story and scanning social media or going through text messages and hack listening to them. You can uh, listen to them for a minute or two and then tell them what you need them to do um, around the house or other things that have nothing to do with the story, but things that need to happen. You can listen to them. Um, and, and once they are uh, finished, you can tell them how they need to solve the problem. You can tell them this is what you have to do. This is the solution to your problem. Or you can listen to them and once they have finished, say, it sounds like you had a really hard day and that must have been tough. And then validate their feeling by acknowledging, it sounds like you might, you feel very frustrated and that must be irritating, that must be tiring. And it seems very obvious when we go through these examples, but pay attention to maybe looking back in your life, your daily life, and how often is it very easy for us to go to one of the other uh, scenarios instead of responding maybe with the one that sounds like that makes the most sense because it's the most understanding and open and present response but it can be very easy for us to think about, you know, uh, how we're operating our day to day where we might autopilot at times and not fully be present with what people really need from us in a moment. And when we freak out, well, that's really about our fear showing up that may have nothing to do with that person. It, when we look at our phone, everybody kind of knows this by now, but that's just telling somebody else around you that they're not as important to, to what's on your phone. So it's, again, really understanding and starting to pay attention to our behaviors and how we are being present with individuals. But it's so important that again, empathy is really not about really starting to try to change some situation, but it's about acknowledging and validating where that person is. And if we go all the way back to the beginning of the conversation, this is really necessary in building, establishing and reinforcing trust, helping people understand that we really care about understanding who they are and not just what we think or what we want to see happen. This strengthens those relationships and it's something that can be applied both at work, it can be applied elsewhere, that it's not just about telling people how to feel or helping them solve a problem by giving them advice, but about instead being very curious and really engaged to really understand where they are and what they need from us, which sometimes may just be to be heard. And I think it's really important that we always look at this, especially from an empathetic perspective and, and see how this can be applied across all areas of our life. But especially where it's very challenging is as leaders seeking to understand where people are, how they are feeling, and really truly understanding what they may need from us in a moment. And then being able to ask often, what do you need or how can I help you in this moment? And I've definitely had moments where I've talked to you know, leaders in my, my own career or mentors where I just needed a sounding board. I just needed a safe person that I could talk to about how I was feeling about something and I didn't need action to be taken. I just needed somewhere safe to express how I was feeling so that I could better process what I was going to do going forward. And I love this quote from, from Theodore Roosevelt, which is, people don't care what you know until they know you care. So I'm going to pause there. I would love to open it to the floor. Are there any thoughts that anyone wants to share around this idea of, of empathy, of acknowledging and validating? And, and again, any thoughts that you've had on this or experiences that you've had that you want to share with the room? So I'll pause here before continuing to our, our next and last topic of the day.
I can I can weigh in, Kelly. Thanks. Um, that was so much good stuff. Um, I think you know empathy. Uh, you could we I think we could talk a whole hour on empathy and probably longer than that with uh, some of the you know some of the folks in the room here a lot of uh, experience with that. And I think for me personally, uh, the being able to empathize with others. If we haven't learned how to empathize with ourselves first, it's really hard to do. Um, you know, I've worked with leaders who. Uh, who have said, uh, why do I need to empathize with myself? I'm very empathetic with other people. Um, and the reality is that empathy comes with a little bit of an undercurrent of maybe of judgment or, um, you know, impatience and all of those things, because we we haven't learned to uh, tap into our own empathy for ourselves and recognize the um, the judgment that that we are sometimes making for ourselves and having to have that constant conversation around, no, I shouldn't jump in now. No, I shouldn't do this. No, I shouldn't do that, which just leads to that conversation narrative story running in our head that makes it even uh, makes it harder to stay in that place of of empathy with others. So uh, great, great conversation. And I think empathy, we you know, you've said it, it's part of the key. It's a key element of emotional intelligence and a key leadership skill. If, if, if nothing, if, if a leader works on nothing else other than their own empathy and emotional intelligence, uh, that's going to improve their ability as uh, a leader, especially these days. I'll yield the mic. Hi, this is Janice. Can you hear me? Can you all hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, uh, great. Thank you, uh, Kelly and Angie. And I'm also Tamara for inviting me to this to the stage. Um, this is such an important conversation. I'd like to thank you for, you know, all of what I've already heard. And one of the things, Kelly, that you mentioned, um, and I believe Angie kind of mentioned it as well, but in the understanding, reaching, seeking to reach an understanding of the person. And and for many of us, we've probably read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, where Stephen Covey mentions, seek to understand, then to be understood. But I think from a standpoint of, you know, the radio station, the famous radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me, we all wake up listening to it. <laughs> Everybody wants to interject their own feelings, their own thoughts, their own, their own ideologies of what a person should feel and shouldn't feel. So oftentimes we don't put ourselves in the place of the person. So therefore we can't really... Um, grasp why they may say and or do what it is they're saying or doing. So one of the things that I've learned, and we probably all grew up with the same mom who said, it's not what you say, but how you say it. But in my, in my years of practice at, at, in, uh, and in business, I've learned to help people to understand that it's not what you say. It may not be what you say or how you say it, but also how it's being heard. Because a lot of times uh, people will be impacted by situations. Kelly, you you gave a great scenario. Um, a person is impacted by a situation. And when you say something to them, they're in the midst of hearing it based on what they may have experienced right then in the moment or what they have experienced in their past. So they may be hearing it colored by that experience and therefore they may not respond or give you uh, the action that you expected because they're in a different place even though they're physically in front of you. So we always have to remember that it's not always what's being said or how it's being said but also what are what ears are 
what are the ears that are hearing it at the moment that it's being said. And I'd like to thank you and I will return the, uh, I'm done talking. <laughs> thank you. Way. I appreciate it both, both Angie, what you shared and Janice, what you shared, I think really, really great concepts. And I think what you just, the last point, you know, again, really great reminder of, you know, in that, again, that scenario is, is where is someone, and I love that, you know, it's like, what ears are they listening with? Like who, what, how are they hearing what it is that you are saying? And sometimes, and we've talked about the concept, even assume positive intent, you know, often. And I think even sometimes when we see, you know, something happen that, that is, you know, challenging, or maybe someone reacts in a specific way, if we can sometimes give them the benefit of the doubt, and maybe seek to understand what has happened that maybe has nothing to do with us or the actual situation that we are in can be so powerful. And imagine the impact that that will have on that individual that instead of jumping to conclusions or maybe giving them feedback and just assuming that they are having a bad attitude or something's going on, instead maybe ask, what is going on? Is there something else happening? Is something else going on that we can I could better support you in? And giving them that space of understanding can be such a powerful way of, again, all the way back to the top, building that trust and building that understanding because we are showing and demonstrating that we seek to truly understand where that person is. In our last, oh, go for it, Tamara. Hey, hey uh, hi, Kelly. I just wanted to jump in there. You know, I just wanted to mention too, I, I've really appreciated the great feedback. Um, I wanted to also mention that, you know, one of the things I've observed as a leader is oftentimes, you know, uh, our team in particular, sometimes our peers too, but oftentimes there's this, this um, this mindset that they don't want to bother us. You know, we're really busy because we're running around doing all kinds of things and they don't want to bother us. So they may not share with us what's going on, what they're concerned about, what their ideas are, uh, et cetera. And I think it's as we get become more and more aware and we practice EQ and all these new uh, tactics that we've talked about is, um, is is really seeking for that for that deeper connection and, and you know again a lot, a lot of what we've already talked about which is powerful questions you know like reading the room you walk in you feel this you, you get a sense of there's something going on and you have to ask those curious questions um, i've recently gone through certification as a coach and um, I'm really going to move forward on getting into my coaching business. But, you know, a lot of it starts with really changing the way you ask questions. And that takes a lot of practice. I have really found that to be very true. But, you know, the, your one-on-ones um, in your meetings, in your, you know, your exchange in a hallway with somebody, when you see or see the body language or you hear the way they're speaking, whether they're tense and clipped or whether they're relaxed and calm, you know, that's, that's your cue right there. Tapping into number one, being aware. Number two, tapping into your intuition that you're getting some, some kind of message that something else is going on. And then tapping into curiosity and asking those, those questions to understand better. Maybe it's a moment where you say, let's go grab a cup of coffee or, you know, um, you know, you, you inquire more, you, somebody who's quiet in the room, you might ask them a question. These are the things that are going to draw you into deeper relationships with people so that then they're not so inclined to say, Ooh, they're really busy. They're the leader. They're busy. I don't want to bother them or um, they don't feel like you're interested. So that's, that's just a couple thoughts that come to mind for me. I'll yield my. Thank you. I think it's all really, really good points. And I, again, I think all this reinforces that you know, leadership, great leadership really takes 
it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of us being present. And I have, I had a mentor that, that used to say that, you know, the, the, the higher I, ran, I rose in the ranks and the more that I grew as a leader, the more that my job and what I was paid for was about using my mind and using my intellect and how I interacted with people, then it would be about any, any core skill that I may have that had to do with a specific functional work that I was doing. And, and it, these concepts, I think, reinforce that so much that it takes a lot of us really making sure that we are spending the time on, on the people that are on our team. And all these things are, can be very, very nebulous again and very elusive. But when, when you look at really successful teams and you look at really successful leaders, you know, I really truly believe that a lot of these concepts we're hitting on are the key differentiators for what sets those leaders apart and sets those teams apart. And they're usually the high performing teams that everyone wants to be a part of. Chad, did you wanna add anything before we move on to the last topic? Just briefly that I literally lived this this week and given how, how challenging a certain topic was during this week, at one point with my core team, I kind of pulled them together and I said, hey, everybody, I know when, every time this topic comes up, we all kind of come at this this feeling of ugh <laughs> and, 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 and whatnot around this. And, and we have to recognize that we're doing that and, and take off those those not rose colored glasses, but you fill in whatever color you want for those those colored glasses and instead instead say, hey, here's where we are right now. And we all know this sucks, <laughs> but if we can just make incremental progress, we'll get through this, it'll all be okay. And and they responded very well to that empathy and that understanding of where we were. Well said. Yeah. And again, it's great and, you know, great reminders and great kind of reinforcement of these principles and practice. Um, so we have just under 10 minutes left and I do promise that we will wrap on time. We are very cognizant of everyone's time. So I will jump really quickly into the kind of last concept of the day, which is supporting the success of others. So you can see as, as you kind of think about these foundational principles, as we think about success, you know, first we we start with ourselves and then we start with kind of developing relationships and those others around us. And as we think about understanding and we think about empathy, you know, now we think about really kind of taking that further into really understanding and supporting the goals of success. And when we think about other success, you know, again, understanding is that first step to having, I think, really fruitful conversations around what does success mean for that person. And as a leader, we can be so instrumental in helping to open doors for individuals, both through mentorship, through leadership, through teaching, um, and also through sponsorship. I think that's a that's a big differentiator in, in how we help propel people's careers forward and what that might look like within our own teams and others. So as we understand that, you know, we have to also kind of understand that with everything we've talked about, supporting others is not always easy. And, and it can be, you know, something that we, we go towards, you know, this inspirational, you know, kind of aspect of it, but supporting, you know, can take a lot of work. And sometimes that means that we have to give feedback. And sometimes that feedback may be the toughest feedback someone has ever received, but it's up to us to make sure that we are giving them the tools and giving them the feedback to help them grow. And we have to make sure that sometimes it means that we're making tough decisions. And I think Chad, you're alluding to like, sometimes we're in challenging situations and we have to show that we can still lead through that and we can demonstrate what it means to show up in challenging situations and make those tough decisions. It means we have to hold others accountable. This is very much tied to success. And I have seen really challenging situations where someone has been let go 
from a role and you look at them fast forward several years later and they are in a completely different trajectory for their career and a completely different space. And it's really about sometimes being able to articulate that feedback and give people that feedback to help them grow in whatever path that may end up resulting as for them. Because not everyone will always be ready to receive the message that you might be giving them in that moment. But if you deliver it with authenticity, with empathy, with understanding, and with the seeking of helping them grow, it may unlock for them down the line something really powerful for their life and for their own career and their ultimately for their own success. And this is something, again, that it's about making sure that we care most about what that person wants. And we want to make sure that they are not going to be harmed, but that we're willing to not, not let them settle. And we're going to show kind of what it means to be successful, both through our own behavior, but also through giving them the feedback to help them see that. And ultimately, again, this is about, with that trust, making sure that we are moving between the space of nurturing and developing trust and growth and understanding, but also challenging others to hold themselves to be the best version of themselves, as we equally as leaders need to be doing. And I think it's really important that we remember that supporting others on their own journey does not mean that you have to completely give over yourself to the needs of others. And this is really important for us. And I think, you know, even Angie, as you were hitting on the idea of we have to understand and have empathy for ourselves first before we can effectively demonstrate and have empathy for others. Equally, we have to make sure that we are modeling what it means to be a leader, what it means to be successful, what it means to support others, but also really understand the impact of our behaviors. And sometimes, you know, make sure that we're also, you know, looking at how we're showing up and understanding what's driving our own behaviors. As we kind of come to the end here, you know, I think when we, when we think about supporting success, you know, it's really about helping people understand kind of where they are, where they might need to make a change helping them to understand where they might need to influence and change their thinking or their own understanding, helping them understand and learn empathy for themselves and how they show that for others and giving them the right tools to help them on that journey and reinforcing that these are not the, the kind of one-time exercises that we go through. There are a lot of people that, um, that sometimes we're going to interact with that might be really unhappy or frustrated for a lot of different reasons. And it might be hard for us. And it might be really challenging for us to empathize with them. And we might feel judgmental or we might struggle because maybe we need to get a job done and we just don't understand why we can't get along. But again, if we go back to this idea of meeting that person first with a place of of understanding and first from a place of curiosity to truly understand then maybe we can empathize and understand their position to really start to build an effective bridge to connect with that person and really be able to come together and be successful and help them potentially unlock unlock their own success either today or or further down the line knowing that it might mean that in the interim we have to settle for less movement than we like or slower progress than we want but if we start with that trust and empathy and understanding it can really be the differentiator for unlocking a whole new path for that person as well as for our teams and developing relationships ultimately is a choice it's about how we act towards others with positive intent and genuine intent it means that we leave them in maybe a better place than we found them it means helping them stand a little taller and maybe having a little more confidence a little more understanding of who they really are and helping them shine brighter 
maybe again unlocking a path for them that they didn't think was possible because they never had someone who took the time to truly understand them. But if we can develop relationships, we can really truly have the influence and the impact to be effective for others in ways that I think are such a key differentiator to the success of both ourselves as leaders and what it means to unlock strong, high-performing teams. And again, what I ultimately believe that all of our, our jobs are as leaders is to grow the next future leaders that are going to continue to positively impact the world. I'll pause there. We have three minutes left. I would love to, if anybody has anything they want to add on any of the topics before we close. Um, Kelly, I just think that what you what you just said was amazing because mentorship is definitely a critical um, aspect of professional and personal development, in my opinion. Uh, one book that one two two books, both by the same author, John C. Maxwell. He wrote a book called "Developing" or entitled "Developing the Leader Within You." where he he deals with the topic of the five levels of leadership. And then he goes into a deeper dive where he actually wrote an entire book on the same subject entitled The Five Levels of Leadership, the fourth level being people or person people development. And my from my personal experience, I've mentored quite a few people in different different spaces in my per, my professional career and in my personal uh, world as well. And the, the biggest key, I think, to being able to be that mentor that somebody can rely on to give, give that constructive feedback and that 360 uh, perspective is that we, as the mentor, have to learn to put self on the shelf so that we can really reach into the mentee and their life and their heart to be able to help to extract from them what it is that's going to take them to the next level. And I just think that this is a great topic and I will uh, return the mic. So powerful. Thank you for everything you just said. Um, I, I think it's again, and I'll, I'll include those books in the, in the recap as well for any folks that, that want to go check out those books that, that Janice mentioned. And I, I, I even love your, your last topic on, um, put self on the shelf again, because sometimes it's really about us stepping back and really meeting that person where they are. And again, putting ourselves aside for a moment to seek understanding from from their perspective, which may may require us to really um, leave our judgment, leave our under, leaving our expectations uh, a little bit to the side to seek for understanding. And with that, thank you so much for joining the conversation. We're going to wrap, and I'll pass it to Mike uh, to Tamara to to wrap us up. What great insights and, and, and sharing today. Thank you everyone again for taking moments out of your Saturday, uh, actually your holiday weekend. Um, I have a quote I want to share. And when you think of when I, it, it's, it's a kind of like a story quote, but when you think about it, you can think about it from both a leadership perspective, you as a leader and your growth, and also from, for anyone that you're interacting with that might be growing as well. And it's by Guillaume Apollinaire. And he says, Come to the edge, he said. We can't. We're afraid, they responded. Come to the edge, he said. We can't. We will fall, they responded. Come to the edge, he said. And so they came, and he pushed them, and they flew. So on that note, we all just need to keep pushing ourselves to be the best versions of ourselves. We hope you have a fantastic week. Go out there and lead with courage and curiosity this week. Thank you again for joining us.
Thank you, everyone. From the mountain to the sea, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. Mm -hmm.